This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome along to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. It's the men's semi-finals at the French Open, and there's one massive game that we're going to start off talking about. And it's Casper Ruud against that. No, no, it's not really. Um, before we go into the matches, uh, the big semifinals tomorrow, uh, my guest, as always, is our senior ATP Tour tennis handicapper. It's Sean Calvert. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm right, just saying I've got a bit of hay fever, but uh, other than that, I'm all right. It's a bit of a bit of a runny nose and a bit of a sneeze. So if I sound a bit sneezy or a bit sore throated, the pollen account in London is quite high at the moment. It is, yeah. So I apologise for that. Um, the French Open, obviously, it's a tournament that's uh, started off so well for us. The men's singles, it's coming to the uh, to business end now. The finals are just around the corner. Just the last form players remaining. It's, we're probably about flat on the tournament as we stand. Um, not much in it, but uh, how do you think the tournament so far has been as, as a as a as a as a tournament? And you know, out Thales Alcaraz is obviously dominating the headlines and very very heavy favourite. And, and uh, do you think that's justified? I think it is on the on the basis of of how he's played in the last couple of matches. I know there were you could argue that there were perhaps favourable matchups for him against two players that like to use a kind of single handed backhand and and can be sort of rushed for time on that side. Um, but he's been great. It's not just it's the, the way he came out, particularly against Massetti. You know, he, he looked absolutely hundred percent on it, didn't he? Completely focused, really aggressive, really at it from the start. Um, He's looking. He's looking great. I don't know whether I back him at this current price to win the tournament because he's got two tough matches. Um, you know, Djokovic is not going to be easy matches it, and if it's Zverev in the final, you know that's not going to be easy either. So I, don't, I probably wouldn't back him at the current price that he is outright. But I think he's certainly the justified favourite at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, the form he's shown and the way he's come through, and especially in the last two matches, he had he lost that second set didn't he, to Tara Daniel, and ever since then he's been just on a demolition course. He's dominant. He's looking great, but. You know, we come on to the match in a minute against Alcra, uh, against Djokovic, but let's have a look at the outright markets as we speak now. And we did, well, I, I said there could be a stage where he goes into the semi-finals and plays Djokovic and, and he's the outsider in that match. That's how I thought the tournament might progress. I thought Djokovic might shine and, and Alcra might struggle along and go in as a pick and match. Not Nothing like that. Nothing like I predicted. Carlos Alcra is now minus 143 to win the French Open. Novak Djokovic is plus 240. Kasper Rudy is $8. And Alexander Zverev, who I think Alexander Zverev is playing very, very well under the radar as well. He's $9 as well. So the market is obviously very, very heavily uh, around Carlos Alcaraz. Um, Novak Djokovic is obviously now a bigger price than he was at the start, despite winning all those matches and getting to the semifinals. He's he's a bigger price than he was at the start. And the, and the market share has gone to Alcaraz at minus 143. My argument here, and I'll probably come on to it in the match bed as well, is I just don't believe the market is that different between the two of them. I, I don't think Alcaraz is a minus 143 compared to, to Djokovic. And I think the market is very disrespectful for Novak Djokovic. There's 22 times 
Grand Slam winner. I know, and I know, he, I know he's not at the same age at the peak, and I know he's had injury concerns, but he has played so many of these matches before, and I'm staggered by the fact that they've only ever played once before in the career. But um, I think the big game experience he has is crucial. Yeah, I think that's you could argue that's probably the the biggest thing he's got in his favour. Um, do you want me to talk about the the stats and everything of the match, or we just we'll, we'll come on to we'll come on to the match in a minute? But just just concentrate on this outright market. I mean, this minus one forty three. It will it's sort of obviously in line with the, with the with the match bets as well. But I I think but people have said to me that we've been quite disrespectful, or I've been quite disrespectful about our crisis chances in this tournament. You know, I've always talked him down. It's not that I haven't talked. To you. I, I believe he's an absolute superstar, and I believe he's the, the best player in, in the world. Currently, I think he's going to win many grand slams, not as many as that you predicted a few months back. But we'll I, see. Well, I, I, I just think that the market is is overhyped with him, and I think the minus one forty. I still think that the Sitsipas game, if Sitsipas took that tie break, I know it's ifs and buts, but I think we may have seen a very, very different match. The crowd were behind him. When everything's going his way, and he's he's pumped and he's he's making all those shots. Yes, he's fantastic, but I do think you can rattle him. And I think the market's just got slightly carried away with it at the moment. There is that element, isn't there? That he's, you know, he's not won the French Open yet. You know, he's not even made the final. Um, it, it, could, there could be a point during this Djokovic match, Djokovic match where he does he does lose it in terms of his you know composure. He's still only a very young guy. Mm. Um, I can see why he's been priced how he is, looking at the stats and, and the performances and stuff. But yeah, I, did, I think... To win two very, very tough matches in the semi-finals and the final of a French Open, to put him in this short is, is perhaps is, is perhaps asking a bit much. I mean, if if I was pricing this Jokovic match, I'd probably price Alcaraz just a, a little bit bigger, maybe around one point six rather than about one point five. But I, you know, I still think he's a reasonable favourite to win it. There is also that sort of thing that happens on tennis and and especially in football as well and other big sports when you have a bracket that the player who wins the big match in the semi-final and, and basically plays the final. So if you watch Alcaraz and Djokovic is essentially going to be billed as the final of the French Open, even though it's not going to be the final. It has that mm. big match win and he comes down to earth with a bang in, in, the, in, the, in the final, especially if it's a long match as well. So that, that's, that's a negative for him as well. I know there's millions of positives and, I, and I'm not talking down his chances, like I say. I think he's an absolute talent. I mean, I, I, I love watching him. I think he's a breath of fresh air for tennis, but I just do think the market... Currently on this price minus 143 is just got way, way out of control. And uh, I think he's got two tough matches to go. And I wouldn't be a better at minus 143, even though I think he's the most likely winner of the tournament and he is deservedly the favorite. I think minus 143 is just ridiculously a ridiculous price. It's sure. I mean, if you were coming into this having not had a bet at all, you know, I'd be tempted to back Zverev at these prices. Uh, we'll come on to his match later, but you know, he could, he could. He's likely to beat Ruiz, the favourite to beat Casper Ruud. And then, as you say, he might face a, a slightly fatigued opponent in the final. So there's there's an argument for, for backing Zverev at the, at, the price, at the outright prices as they are at the moment. Yeah, we'll come on to the matches uh, ever so slightly. So, so, just, so, sorry, again. we'll come on to the uh, matches in a minute. Let's have a look at just one other thing I want to talk about on the outright markets before we go into those matches. And it's Wimbledon. Wimbledon starts in just, what, just under a month's time now. Novak Djokovic is still the favourite for Wimbledon, despite Alcaraz, and we all know that Alcaraz is, is, is yet to be te- proven on a grass court. Uh, Djokovic is minus one ten, Alcaraz is plus three seventy five. So the market has moved in. Then you have Daniel Medvedev at plus six fifty. Wimbledon looks a very open tournament, doesn't it? I mean, if Djokovic goes deep, we're saying that Djokovic is coming to the end of his career and his performance levels are dropping. Minus one ten for Wimbledon does probably appear a little bit 
too low. And Alcaraz, big question marks about him at plus 375. But, you know, do you think that he can become a Wimbledon champion, Alcaraz, as, as Nadal did, you know, adjust his game to become that? And especially the Wimbledon courts now, they're not, not as fast as they were. And I don't think it really would bother Alcaraz really too much. I think, you know, he's one of the one at the US Open. But if we're saying that Alcaraz is now the, the best player in the world and his stats are so much higher than Djokovic, do you think that's justified to see Djokovic minus 110 and Alcaraz at plus 375? Yeah, I think this is just about grass court now, isn't it, basically? Djokovic has won Wimbledon numerous times, played on grass a, a ton more in his career. I think this is just about Alcaraz not having hardly played any matches on grass in his career. That's that's all That's all the pricing is is about. I think there's there's better opportunities than than those two. If you look sort of slightly further down um, the outright market, I've got one or two in mind at the minute. For as you can imagine, for Wimbledon that I haven't kind of really talked about yet. But um, yeah, I think it's just about it's past performance, isn't it? Djokovic is such a great record at Wimbledon. Alcaraz, as I say, barely played on grass. I think that's all that market is at the moment. I, I'm quite interested to hear your big price ones at the bottom. We don't have to go into detail, but if you, I, I've got one, I've got one. I was going to back. Um... Uh, I, I looked at the prices yesterday and I was going to try to bet it, but not all the firms had all the prices on them and I didn't want to do it. But I was going to back Borna Courage. Is he one of yours? No, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say no because you know he's he's won on grass before. I think he beat Federer, didn't he? Yeah. In Haller one year, the yeah. final of Haller. Yeah. Um yeah, he's won at Masters series Cincinnati on, on sort of quickish hard courts. I I wouldn't rule him out. Um I was looking at Corder, I was looking at Seb Corder. Um, thirty-three to one. I know he's he's had that wrist injury, um, which has put him out. But he's you know he started to come back now. I know he didn't really do anything on the clay, but that was kind of expected after such a long time out. If he plays well in the opening tournament or two in uh, on the grass, I think his price will will tumble. I think he's he's definitely got it. on on the form that he showed at the start of this season, and and we know he can play on grass. You know, I think that's um, certainly one for the shortlist. Well, we got the top nine of the betting. Uh, at Wimbledon here, I, I don't think three of them, three of them probably won't play. Or if they are, they're not going to be fit. Berrettini, Kyrgios, and Nadal—they're they're in the top nine of the betting. So um, this yeah. is going to be. That's very... You never know with Kyrgios, do you? I don't. I really know what's going on with him at the minute, but he, he seems to just play the grass season and a bit of the Australian swing, and that's about it for him. He's not. He's not bothered about the rest, mm. is it? He, he might. He might. He might. He might be absolutely fit and ready for this, and he might go and win it, but. It's, it's it's hard to be confident, isn't it, when they've mm. not played for months and months? It looks a very, very open Wimbledon Championship. But that is all to come here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. It's all about the French Open men's semi-finals. Now, let's start with the uh, the match. Let's start with the first match, which we think will be on court. The order of play is not out yet, but we would expect the first match to be Kasper Ruud against Alexander Zverev. Uh, that probably start around about 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, but check the schedules for that. That's a very, very close match to call. Kasper Ruud here is the minus 104 chance. Alexander Zverev, a slight favourite at minus 115. The spread is one and a half, uh, with uh, Ruud receiving the one and a half start, minus 130. And the totals in this match are pitched very high at 39 and a half. Uh, the two have met three times previously. Zverev leads two uh, wins to one. They've never met on a clay court, but the last win was in Miami, which Casper Ruud won uh, in 2022 over three sets. Um, their statistics coming into this on the clay court, Ruud's slightly better. He's won more matches, but obviously Zverev is coming into some kind of form and he's had lots of problems with injuries. He was a semi-finalist in Geneva altitude and he's brought that form along to, Fred, to, the, uh, to the French Open. And in Geneva, they were both beaten by Nicholas Jarry, but uh, Rude was beaten in the quarterfinal stage. 
Um, this is a pick and match with Bet Rivers. They they can't they're slight slight favorite for Alexander Zverev. Um, are you finding it hard to find a favorite, or do you, do you think there's some angles or, or of attack in this betting market? I think a lot will depend on when this match is played. Mm. Um, I'd look at the schedule early, but as you said, it's not out yet. I think a day match would favor Zverev. You know, he likes it higher bouncing, a um, bit quicker. I would suggest that Rude would perhaps be the, the beneficiary if it was a, a night match, slower, slightly lower bouncing. Zverev wouldn't like it as much Rude would. So I think, you know, before you place any bets on this match, I think you need to have a look at the schedule. Um, in terms of stats, it's it's as you can imagine, as you can probably guess from the from the odds, it's it's really closely matched. Um, if we look at what they've done uh, this season on clay, let me just find it. Um, yeah, twenty twenty three main level on clay, the service points won and return points won totals. Rude's on one hundred and six, Zverev's on one hundred and five. You could certainly argue that Zverev's recent matches have have been a a strong uplift on what he's shown for the rest of this season. Um, this current uh, French Open, again, very closely matched on the service points. One of return points, one totals. Rude, 109. Zverev, 110. And you could certainly argue that Zverev has played slightly better opposition than Kasper Rude. I mean, Rude's had another fortunate run here, hasn't he, in a Grand Slam? Only one of his opponents was ranked inside the top 32, and that was Jarry, who could have won at least two of the sets, couldn't he, against against Rude that he ended up losing. Um, and the other, the one match that was against the top 32 player was was yesterday against uh, Holger Rune, who was really not in much of a, a fit state to compete, was he? He didn't, he didn't offer anything much, really, certainly for the first two sets. Um, so slightly fortunate run, you would you would argue, or I would argue, um, that Kasper Rude has had. Um, there's a lot of stats that we can look at here. Um, they're all-time French Open stats. Every match they've played at the main level of French Open, their service points won and return points won titles are exactly the same on 106. Um now, let's have a look at stats against the better players in the world on this surface. So versus opponents currently ranked in the top 20 on clay in their career, it's actually Rude that's got a slightly better, well, quite a lot better record. 13-9 win-loss, and his service points, one return points, one total is 102. Zverev is 15-16 win-loss and 100. So on that stat, you would put Rude ahead. Now, if we look at matches played against the top 10 ranked opponents, Rude is 4-9 win-loss. Um, that's a 31% win rate. This is on clay. And Zverev, 13-17 win-loss. So 43% win rate. I mean, I would suggest that Zverev's best level is is probably better than that of Casper of Rude. Um, and you could perhaps see the tactics for Zverev being just to break down Rude's back, backhand, which Holger Rune failed to do. Holger Rune was, you know, he... he he wasn't able to to stay in the rallies long enough to to really kind of punish that backhand of Casper. I think Zverev probably will do that. Um, so I mean, the, the other problem, that I, well, the problem I have with backing Zverev actually, he he has a poor record um, at majors against players ranked in the top ten. He's only won twelve win loss at Grand Slams versus top ten players, and the only win is the one that he had against Alcaraz. Um, here at the French Open a year ago. So questions to be answered about these two at the, the sort of highest level in Grand Slams that neither of them have, have, shine, have shone against uh, top 10 opponents. Um, I think it comes down to when this match is played. I mean, if it's a day match, I'd probably be inclined to back Zverev, but I'm not sure it's any value at this price. My my personal plan of attack here, if I was having a, a bet, would be, you know, if it's in the day, 
uh, and Rude starts well. Zverev doesn't start so well. Maybe goes a set down or breakdown. I'd probably be inclined to back Zverev then. But I think pre-match and not knowing when it's played, it, it makes it a bit of a tricky one for me. And it's very important that schedule of play uh, for the reasons that Sean just added there. But I think if I was betting on it, I, I think I'd be quite a heavy favour that it was the afternoon match because I can't see TV and American TV not wanting to watch our Kratos for Djokovic. I think the, for the world audience for television, you've got to put that on the night game, I would have thought. You would think, but the French Open don't always do things the, the way that you would you would expect. They don't tend to think about anybody other than themselves, to be honest, but we'll see. We, we, we're kind of second-guessing, aren't we? Okay, so no bet on that one until we find out uh, the time of the, the match. Obviously, head to the BetRivers website. There's 55 different markets already on that match, uh, and also there'll be more added when we know the scheduling. So if it does go in the in the lunchtime in, in in France of the daytime, then that will suit Alexander Zverev for sure. But uh, we can't really have a bet until we find that order of play. Now, the big one, um, Carlos Alcaraz against Novak Djokovic. No introduction between the two of them needed. Um, but the odds here I, I surprised me. I mean, I know that Sean's data is going to probably try to convince me otherwise, but uh, my tennis brain and my betting brain and all the things that I've <laughs> done over the years just just screaming out to me to about Novak Djokovic here in this match. But uh, the odds are minus 215 for Carlos Alcaraz, Novak Djokovic plus 175. The spread is three and a half. I mean, Novak Djokovic, three and a half star. Against Nadal, I think the only player I can ever imagine Novak Djokovic having a three and a half star in the last sort of 15 years or so. And the totals here are 38 and a half, minus 112 for over. Under 38 and a half is minus 108. This is the biggest price Novak Djokovic been, has been for a tennis match in seven years, uh, unless it was against Nadal at the French Open. He's never been this price against anybody else. And you're talking about the, the great Roger Federer. Uh, you're talking about Andy Murray as well. And you're talking about other legends as well. So that's how high the market suggests Alcaraz is and how basically they may feel that, um, that Djokovic is probably not at his peak anymore. Uh, the head-to-head, though, amazingly, really surprised by this. They've only ever played once before. And that was on clay in Madrid. And Alcaraz won that match in three very, very, very close sets. Djokovic took the first set 7-6. And Alcaraz won 7-5, 7-6. So a really, really long match. Almost as long as it can possibly go. So that's how close these two are uh, between each other. And in that match, uh, Alcaraz started as just about a plus 1.1, sorry, plus 110 chance to win the match, or 11 to 10 in English money. And Djokovic was was the favourite. Roll on the clock a year later. And uh, now he's plus one seventy five. Now you know my thoughts about this. Um, I just think it's. I just think it's too big. I think it's. I think it's really disrespectful from Novak Djokovic. And I think if any player in the world will be motivated by the fact that he's the underdog, it is Novak Djokovic. But Sean, you break down the statistics and you break down the, the all the all the data, and and you'll probably tell me something very very differently. But uh, for me, Djokovic here. I've, I've, I've got to have a bet on him. I just cannot not get go by. And if he won it, I'll be gutted and I'm on, I'm on on it. But I like the three and a half Djokovic as well. But uh, tell me where you're, where you're thinking is here. Yeah, the price has got you, hasn't it? It's, it's, it's got you. The it wallet's has, coming has, out. It has. It has. I just I just think, I think it, if it was anybody else, uh, I would say, okay. You know, but if it was Federer, I'd say, yeah, okay. If it was Nadal on clay, I would, I, even if Nadal was here, I think myself, you know, Nadal's what he's shown this this in his injuries and stuff. I think, yeah, it can get him. But I just think the mental strength that not Djokovic has. And I see that when I watch Alcaraz, 98, there's so much talent, so much raw talent. But I do see opportunities for players. 
And I think Sitsip has had an opportunity in that in that Thursday. Djokovic will take those opportunities. And I and I don't think we've seen what our crash is like when his back's against the wall. And I think we'll, we'll learn a lot more of a player from him uh, from tomorrow. But uh, I can't wait for the match. But I, I, I will be I will be having a sport. I'm going to have a bet on whatever you say as well, if it's uh, if it's not the money line. But I will be betting. Uh, uh, I have to bet Djokovic at plus 175. I think he might even start bigger. I think that's how much the market likes our crash. Well, let's have a look at his, his record, actually. I, I checked Djokovic's record as underdog when he's been priced up as underdog in Grand Slams. Now, he's played 29 matches um, and he's 9-20 win-loss wow. in those 29 matches. And if you backed him, um, let, let's say you backed him for one unit in all of those 29 matches, you'd come out almost exactly break-even. So, a mixed performance, you would say, as a as as underdog. Um, now, if we isolate just matches played on clay, he's played 10 matches as underdog on clay in majors at, at main at, at majors, yeah. Um, eight of those, as you can imagine, were against Rafael Nadal. Now he's 2-8 win-loss. You'd be minus 2.2 units if you backed him as underdog in all those 10 matches. Um, so that's his performance as an underdog. We're just looking at, let's just break down the stats of the rest of it. Um, if we're looking at the, the 2023 clay stats at main level, there isn't a great deal in it. You know, service points, one and return points, one totals. Alcaraz, 112. Djokovic, 110. Alcaraz is 25-2 win-loss uh, this season on clay. Djokovic, 10-3. Um, matches played versus the current top 20 on clay this season. Alcaraz, 6-1 win-loss. The one defeat was when he was injured against um, against Cam Norrie in, in Rio. Service points, one return points, one total of 112. Now, the next one is interesting. Djokovic is 2-2 win-loss against the current top 20 on clay this season. His service points, one return points, one total is 104. So you, you can sort of see, based on that, the, the layers are thinking, well, is Djokovic now the Djokovic of old? I think that's that's the question that remains to be answered and, and will be answered on Friday. Looking at this particular French Open, service points, one and return points, one titles. Alcaraz is on a, a huge 120. Um, he's won 51% of his return points this French Open and 70% of his service points um, so far. So 120 is, is a huge title. Djokovic is doing pretty well. He's on 114. But 120 of Alcaraz, I mean, he's... That on return, he's been he's been incredibly incredible. He's creating over one breakpoint chance per game, per return game, which is, you know, you can imagine a tennis match. He's he's great, and you're playing against him. You're you're breakpoint down on your serve every single service game. It's you know pretty phenomenal numbers, and he's not played he's not played bad opponents. I mean, Seti would be and, and was extremely disappointed with his performance against Alcaraz. He he, he just wasn't in it at all, and 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 Sitsipas. It's a great matchup for Alcaraz. He can just he can just beat down that Sitsipas backhand until it breaks. So you could argue favourable matchups, but you know phenomenal numbers. Now in this French Open, the first serve points won between the two of them are, are pretty much even. But on second serve points, Alcaraz has won sixty two percent of his second serve points this French Open compared to fifty four percent for Djokovic. So you can kind of see why he's favourite. For, for me, he's still a bit too bit too short. I'd have put him in, as I said, about about 1.6 rather than sub 1.5. I think sub 1.5 is is too is too short. Um, I think it's all about does Djokovic have the physicality? You touched on that match in Madrid that they played. 
three hours and 35 minutes for three sets. Now that's if, and that's, that's in quicker conditions, by the way, you know, if this is, if this is a night match, which you're suggesting it, it probably will be, and it, it may well be, then conditions are much slow. They're much slower here anyway than Madrid at altitude. This, that's going to be slow. And that's going to be an absolute physical grind. If they play three and a half hours for three sets, at altitude on clay you know you're looking at five five and a half hours if, if it goes five sets does Djokovic still have the body to do that um at the age of 36 um I'm not so sure it means to be seen he might have he might have but you wouldn't have thought that physically he'd be able to match up with Alcaraz over sort of four four hours um too short for me Alcaraz on the money line I'm going for for set betting here 3-1 to Alcaraz I think it'll be pretty tight but I think Alcaraz will come out on top in the end perhaps just on physicality uh, that's a plus 285 chance for Bet Rivers I think you'll have to do both bets I think you'll have to bet Djokovic to win then and Alcaraz to win three sets to one I think those points are absolutely brilliant and and that's the big negative that's the big question mark is Djokovic's body be able to go for four or five sets and I think it's going to be interesting the last think- time he played sorry mate just, just a, a point that I forgot to mention sorry about that um, sure last time he played five sets was against Sinner at Wimbledon. Um, he's only played that one five-set match in the last two years, and that, that was obviously Wimbledon, sort of quicker points. Um, not done it in the French Open for a couple of years. So, yeah, is that that's just another point. Does he does he still... Is he still able to do those four or five-hour matches that he was kind of famous for doing a few years ago? Sorry, mate, go on. No, no, that's, no, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's the question, isn't it? That is, is his physicality going to be able to match? And I think a lot of people are saying, no, he can't go toe to toe with um, Alcaraz over five sets. But um, I mean, this is the greatest competitor that we've ever seen in the tennis game. So I, I'm, I'm not that ready to rule him out just yet. If he gets beaten and he gets beaten comprehensively, and then I think the time may come. The other thing I think here as well with, with Djokovic here, and we go back, I'm just going to go back to the Wimbledon theory here. If we if we do have a long game as we both expect physically, and it goes into five sets, or, or hopefully for your case we, we get three sets to one win here, that's going to take a lot on it out on him, Djokovic here, both mentally and physically. And then I think potentially he's, he's a big fake going into Wimbledon. I know it's a long way off, but we probably only rest it'll rest for two weeks. But that's that's some damage. It's like a boxer taking some damaging punches, and I feel that he may be going in there as a, as a, a very low favorite as well at minus one ten. But it, all the but it's hard are... to do, isn't it? It's hard to win the French Open, then Wimbledon. I mean, yeah. with, off the top of my head, I don't, I, I don't know the stats on it, but it's not been done that often. Um, but even if he loses, even if Djokovic loses here in a tough, tough, grueling loss, like a five-set loss or, or a four-set, I think that's going to take a lot out of him. And I, I, I'd be looking to him to fade. I, I think he's a fade for Wimbledon anyway. So I think he's going to put a lot of stuff, energy into these this match and this tournament here. But I think minus 110 is... is if, you, if we're saying his levels are dropping and everyone else is telling me that Novak Djokovic's levels are dropping, he shouldn't be starting Wimbledon at minus 110 when he was he was starting Wimbledon last year with hardly anyone in it at a similar kind of price. Mm. Then you one year on, yeah, a lot more wear and tear on the body. You could perhaps argue that his clay season hasn't been particularly long and arduous. Um, it, I certainly wouldn't back him for Wimbledon at minus, no. minus money, that's for sure. No. Uh, I know he's got a fabulous record there. That you know the courts are getting slower there, as we've we've talked about numerous times over the last sort of, well ten years or so. Really, um, certainly getting a lot slower. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't back him for Wimbledon. My my concern with him not only is the physicality, but you know his, his form. It's it, it's not been great. He could have been a couple of sets down against 
Kashanov, he started really slowly in that one. He was, you know, he was struggling for a while. He's done. He's, he's tended to start matches a lot s- slower in recent times than he did in his in his heyday, so to speak. I don't think he can afford to just go a set down in in forty minutes against Alcaraz here and, and come back and win it. I think that's a a big ask. I definitely think he's got at least a set in him. Um, it should be close. I mean, it should be it should be pretty close, but I, I just feel like phys- physically Alcaraz will probably wear him down, especially if it's a night match. I agree with everything you say, Sean, but the price is just tempting me. And I, and I think all the stats, I think just, just a one-off saying, I think we can sometimes rule out people very quickly and uh, they can come back and surprise us. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to bet both. I'll bet 3-1 Alcaraz and I'm going to bet uh, Djokovic as well. So, where, where the way you look at it, it's going to be an absolutely unbelievable tennis match. Hopefully it lives up to the hype. But I think we'll know a lot of questions after this match, just how good Alcaraz is going to be. Is Djokovic coming towards the end of his career? And there'll be some huge pointers for Wimbledon, like I say, which starts in just under a month's time. And there'll be loads and loads of content from now and during the tennis championship at the SW19 club uh, from myself, Sean and Rory as well. Um, Remember, there are four ways to follow us now here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can download our podcast, uh, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, on your preferred podcast provider. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Bet Rivers Network, and you can follow us on our social pages on Twitter and Instagram, and our handle at Because We Win. There is some brilliant content on there. I've just listened to a, a fantastic uh, Champions League preview podcast with Steve Vish, uh, Dan Roebuck, and Daniele Fisher Keller. It's really, really good. Great analysis in there. Have a listen to that. Uh, download that on the uh, Betting Weekly Extra Time. Daniele Fischer-Keller, uh, our Italian reporter, will be out in Milan uh, with the fans from Inter Milan watching the Champions League final at the San Siro Stadium. The Champions League final is obviously on Saturday. So you'll be able to follow his journey on Instagram and also on our Twitter pages. And our uh, presenter on our EPL show, uh, Harry Simu, is out in Turkey at the final in Istanbul. And he'll be giving you some... Uh, some uh, Pro, uh, uh, some live stuff as well and some some videos is there as well also on the Instagram page and the Twitter page um, Sean thank you very much uh, for your time as always uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple of days looking at the men's singles final but one thing we do know it's going to be an absolute fantastic match Carlos Alcaraz up against Novak Djokovic is it the time where the, the changing of the guard at the top of the men's uh, tennis world is going to be seen tomorrow it's going to be a massive match obviously Kasper Ruud as well against Verev remember the timing is there is crucial but whichever way you do it enjoy the match tennis matches tennis action and we'll be back, back on betting weekly game bet match uh, tomorrow with myself and Roy Girani looking at the women's final take care everyone and enjoy your weekend Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.